the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. Freedom in Christ, Session 9. Forgiving from the Heart. The main reading is Matthew, Chapter 18, from verse 10 to the end of the chapter. Feelings, we? And, um, not being dictated about feelings, but actually taking all of our lives, and that sometimes we got a job with that. And there was a, um, a morning scene, and, the, and, and the, the lady at the bottom of the stairs shouting up the stairs, Come on, dear, hurry up, you're going to be late for school. No sound. Come on, dear, you're going to be late for school. Voice comes back down, I don't want to go. I don't feel like it. Well, you've got to go. I don't feel like it. You've got to go. He said, I don't feel like it because none of the kids like me and they all make fun of me. I don't care. Come on, you've got to go. My teachers don't like me either and they talk behind my back. Come on, you've got to go. He said, why have I got to go? Because you're the headmaster. Boom, boom. But um, so often we try to be dictated to by our feelings, but we've got to take all of our lives. This is, I would say, one of the most important subjects um, for our personal walk, for our corporate walk, forgiveness. Um, and again, what I like about this title is forgiveness from the heart. It's, we talked about the heart, because it is a heart issue, you see, is having our hearts right with God so we can be right with other people. Um, we can talk about a lot of things that are, are critical um, in our lives, but this is probably one of the most critical things. Some feel they have suffered so badly they won't forgive or can't forgive. Um, some think they have forgiven, deceived themselves, but what we've done, we just pressed it down, pressed the problem down and ignored it. Some wrongly believe that they simply cannot forgive or they shouldn't forgive. But can I say... Um, we have to choose to forgive from the heart for the sake of our own freedom and for our own relationship with God. It is such a key in our personal walk and our corporate walk that we um, look at this and really um, get to the bottom of, of uh, what forgiveness is, how we do it, of course, and um, the key issues. Um, thankfully, we are dealing in, um, in, in Christianity, which is all about forgiveness, isn't it? Um, you will never, you won't find forgiveness anywhere else. Um, you won't find forgiveness in anyone else. Only, in, only Jesus, only Christianity offers forgiveness from sin. Islam, you've got to work your way. If your good deeds are outweigh your bad deeds, when on the day of judgment, you'll be okay. Well, I'm sorry to say, in my case, I'm finished already, isn't I? Um, in, other, in other things, there's no forgive only in, in, in the Lord, in the Word, in um, Jesus. What does the Bible say? Psalm 103, wonderful Psalm, Psalm 103, 1 to 5. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my most dear, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is redeemed like the eagles. 
Amen. Amen. A, a verse further down there, he said, As far as the east is from the west, so has he removed my sin from me. Now, when we begin to understand that, when we begin to understand who we are, again, we go back to the beginning, who we are in Christ, what God has done for us, then everything he asks us to do is not a big thing, is it? Because of who we, who we are in him, he's our father, and uh, you know, as good children, we do as we are told and, and follow his example. But wonderful, we are, it, it's an amazing thing. Um, forgiveness is not just forgiveness, the New Testament word means to be it means to send away, dismiss, to actually be released from. And that's really important to know, you see. Um, I can be forgiven, but it's still hanging over my head, isn't it? I wish I hadn't done it. But it, this forgiveness, this justification is to be absolutely released from. So there's no need to be bound by anything and uh, anybody, really. Um, and it, it's such a critical point because... Um, we talk about the, the attack on the church. More church have been destroyed from within than without. Um, you, you notice that persecution actually, uh, although not nice, <laughs> but strengthens the church, doesn't it? Because everyone who's coming then is actually sold out for the Lord. You don't have any, when church is persecuted, there's no hangers on then, is there? Because if you come in, you're really coming. And um, more churches, especially in the West, will have been destroyed from within than without. And how is that? Well, again, nothing new under the sun, is that? And uh, Paul tells us why. 2 Corinthians 2, 7 to 11. Now I say, Lord, forgive and comfort him, so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. I urge you, therefore, to reaffirm your love for him. The reason I wrote to you was to see if you will stand the test and be obedient in everything. If you forgive anyone, I also forgive him. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan may not have with us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. See, he was talking about people they were uh, disciplining in the church because of their sin, uh, but there was a point where they were repentant. They said, now you've got to bring him back. If he's truly repentant, get him back in the house, uh, because otherwise what will happen is bitterness will, will come in and you see unforgiveness will come in and you see what does he say we're not unaware of satan's schemes his thoughts his ideas and he knows we talked about ter territory in our lives dear me if we don't uh, take back all the terry he's got a place in our lives he'll, he'll exploit it of course he will and one of the great things he does that the devil does in the church is cause unforgiveness what do we say many times before etiquette Deal with it, drop it. The trouble with most of us, we dwell on it and we drag it back up, don't we? Oh, first thing we do, we go straight to the Lord. As we see in a moment, sometimes we're on, if, if someone's done something to us, don't really need to go to them. We need to go to God and then release them. Now, if we've done something to someone else, then we've got to go and speak to them. We'll come to that in a minute. So, unforgive, nothing keeps you in bondage to the past more than unwillingness to forgive. Some of us are, are, are living with those things in the past that are clouding our judgment and affecting our relationships today. Got to, got to release it. Nothing gives Satan greater opportunity to stop a church growing than roots of bitterness. The evidence of personal unforgiveness, and of course, feeds in to, to, the, to the poisoning of, of other people and pride and all those things. The need to forgive. Well, the first thing it is, God says you do, need to do it. Well, really, that's, we, could, we, we could shut the meeting now, couldn't we? 
Because if God's asked for that, that's the end of it. If that's God saying to you, you need to forgive, doesn't matter what they've done, what they've said, then that's the end of it. We're going to go a bit more than that. But let's read the verse so we're not making it up. Matthew 6, 9 to 15. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive you. It's very interesting um, that Jesus repeats only one thing from the Lord's Prayer. And it is to forgive as you have been forgiven. That's really interesting, isn't it? That, because he, he understands that's such a key in our lives. And ultimately, our relationship with the Lord is inextricably bound to our relationship with other people. Ah, Dave, absolutely true. You, if you're out of relationship with people around you, your relationship with God is not going to be good. It's, it's vital. What is John? John even goes a bit further, doesn't he? One John says, if you say you love God and you hate your brother, he says, he don't hold back, does he? He doesn't say, um, you know, you're not telling the truth. He says, you're a downright liar. He says, he says, use the command, love God and love your brother. See, the, our, we can't have a righteous relationship with God in isolation from relationship with other people. That's why in a moment we'll read Matthew 5. Um, and it's so vital because unforgiveness will stop your progress, stop your fruitfulness, hinder your victory, and, and you'll be under a cloud. It's a cloud because all the time that bitterness is there. Um, it is essential for freedom. Um, we just read it. Um, Peter said, I love Peter because he's, 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 because he's, he's coming to the Lord. Lord, he said, how many times do I forgive? Seven times. And let me tell you, that's pretty good, isn't it? Seven times. <sighs> Although I've forgiven Jackie more than seven times, I'm sure of that. Um, seven times. Of course, he was talking seven, of course, is the divine godly number. And Jesus, I love Jesus because he says, I'll have a bit of this now, Peter. Now, depending on what version, it didn't matter what version you read, 77 times or 70 times seven. What he was saying is, hey, Peter, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep going. I'm sure they, they, they stepped back and said, Lord, are you sure? Absolutely. But it is essential for our freedom. And release. Why? Otherwise, the devil will have a field. He'll whisper and whisper and whisper, and he'll cause darkness. He'll cause hindrances in our lives. Well, of course. Um, ah, bless the Lord. You see, when we see our debt, when we know our debt, and we realize how much He's forgiven us, that's always our focus. You see, I'm forgiven. Don't deserve it. Haven't earned it. Undeserved, and, and the weight of, of the, the evidence is stacked up against me. God says, I forgive you. And that's the key. That's the key. When we understand that, and this story we read before, but it's a beautiful story. Um, I've, I split into two because it's, it's quite long. It's Luke 7, 36 up to 50. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he said to him, Rabbi, your son is always with you, and you do not recognize him. Who was a sinner when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, 
brought an alabaster, alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his, at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair of her head. And she, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who, who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he, so he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one owed five hundred denarii and the other fifty. And when he had nothing with, with which to repay them, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom you forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou dost not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. It's a great picture. The, the whore became a worshipper. We looked at that before. But the difference between the Pharisee and the prostitute was the prostitute knew she was a sinner, knew the extent of her sin. The Pharisee didn't think he was a sinner, didn't realize the, the extent of his sin. And Jesus said, look, once you understand how great your sin is, once you understand that you've been forgiven, you are going to worship. You're going to love. You're going to give of everything. And uh, Jesus begins again, always tells us, uh, we, we come to that first point where we come to the cross, where we see the extent of our sin. It was my sin. Don't look around. My sin put Jesus on the cross. It was my sin that put him there. Isaiah 64, verse 6. That we are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness, righteousnesses are like filthy rocks. We all fade as a leaf. Even our righteous acts are like filthy rags, the Bible said. And it is quite graphic there. He, he uses the, the picture of a menstrual cloth. He said, that's what your righteous rags look like in my sight. Filth. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, repayment is impossible, of course. Um, it is impossible to repay. Mercy is required. Uh, the servant fell at his knees and, and cried, be patient with me, have mercy on me. Now, of course, we have to, again, just look at some concepts. Um, well, if God gives us justice, now he is just, he has to be just, that's his nature. 
but just to give us justice, we, we would all, every man, woman, boy, and girl, have no hope. Isn't it? We have no hope. We would all be destined to hell. Thankfully, because Jesus came in the form of man, but also God, he can impart mercy. That is our only prayer. That is our only cry before God. Have mercy on me, Lord. We have no other appeal. God is merciful. And um, as that, uh, that chap said to that lady when they were pen pals, didn't he? And uh, she eventually sent a photograph to him. And uh, she said, uh, this photo doesn't do, do justice to me. And he wrote back to her, my dear, you don't need justice, you need mercy. I mean, uh, forgive me, just keep in mind. <laughs> and that's what we need. We need mercy. We need mercy. He who did no sin, knew no sin, had no sin, became sin for us. So all those beautiful words we so often use. He was our substitute. We are reconciled. He was our propitiation. What does that mean? He took God's wrath and justice for every sin that was ever given. He redeemed us. He's our atonement. Mercy. Now, that's good enough for me. But there's something even more, isn't there? Grace. Grace is not, is, is more, it's actually giving us what we didn't earn and didn't deserve. Isn't that amazing? God could say, Dave, I've wiped your slate clean and uh, you're on the way to heaven. But what does he do? He said, Dave, I wiped your slate clean, but now you can, you can call me Abba, Father. See, all the treasures of heaven are mine, but because you're my son, they are yours he who did not spare his only son freely give up so will he not freely give us all things wonderful grace grace and when again we are touched by grace what did jesus say freely received freely freely you give freely you give um i love that story because uh, we we see that picture of that um servant and his master uh, the the the, the uh, debt was so big wasn't it? he calls it 10,000 talents, and now that's so big, it would be impossible to pay it. Now his mate, uh, it was 300 denarii, which wasn't a small debt, a denarii was a day's wages, so he did all a bit. But you see how his heart hasn't, wasn't changed, because I love the story, because the Bible says he grabbed him, he's, he's starting to choke him, he throttles him, you got the picture, he's grabbing him, he's shaking him, he's not, you know, he's grabbing him by the neck and said, give me my money. And the Bible says he does the same thing, he, he appeals the same as he did, but he would not Forgive him. And that's a dangerous place to be, isn't it? Jesus said, grab hold of him. Grab hold of him. And um, uh, they got a picture here. I don't know what this picture is about. So, yeah, we're no advantage. We just looked at that. Nothing between. Nothing between. I keep keep a, a short account between me and God and between me and other people. But it's talking about torment and torture when we're unforgiven. And I don't know what that picture is about, but there we are. Okay, now, now. This is very interesting. We'll, we, you've got your books at home, and we may just, when we finish, we'll just ask the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives. But um, we've got to be very specific, you see, when we forgive. Because we can, we can easily press down and say, oh, I've forgiven them, I've forgiven that particular thing. And actually, we have not been specific before God. And uh, what did we just, we read the other day to me, um, that that man who said, I, I know when I forgive them, when I've prayed for them, I've prayed for them, I've prayed for them, and I can pray the blessing of God on their lives. And I know there's release in my life. 
Um, I might nip it up after we did read the other day. But this is, this is the, the fo- I don't like the word formula, but this is what they do. Lord, I choose to forgive so-and-so for specific what they did or what they didn't do, which made me feel hurt, pain, lonely, rejected, doesn't matter what it is, name it before the Lord. Be so specific with God. Otherwise, the devil will have a foothold. And you've got to be specific. And, and you know what? Sometimes praying it once, bless the Lord, that's, that's our honesty. But sometimes, and it depends on what it was, who it was, the closer someone is, the more deep the, the damage and the more deep the pain. And we've got, to, somebody, we've got to go before the Lord time and time and time again for the Lord. Because why? Because our old feelings rise up and we think, well, they don't deserve me. And the only, as we said before, the only person who is injured with unforgiveness is me. They're not bothered, are they? <laughs> They're not fretting for, for what they've done to me or what I think they've done. But remember, sometimes the perception is not always the reality, is there? No, no. Sometimes it's how we see things and actually that's not what happened or what not really happened. So there's what we, we're going to do um, and we can do through the week and be honest with God. Be honest with God. Forgiveness must be extended to those. Let's read a couple of verses. Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, 30, 32. And do not bring the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you will see him for the name of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, war and slander, all and malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, dressed in the name of Christ, God forgive you. See, all those things that come along with unforgiveness, what do you say? Bitterness, anger, and anger, that particular word, wrath, there is the, um, the impetuous, where we, where we, but the other word for anger there is the state of mind, which is far, far greater, far more difficult to, to shift. But what does he say? Malice, slander, clamor, controversy, put it away. Put it away. Forgive even as Christ forgives you. Matthew 5. Therefore, if you are not when you give to the altar, and they remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come back and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with the adversary who has taken you to court. Do it while you are still within, on the way, where you may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth. You will not get up until you are paid the last penny. Very clear. Very clear. If someone, if you've done something, they've got some, a controversy with you, you've got to go to them and square it up and pay restitution. Now, if you have something with someone else, it's a different ballgame. Because really my controversy then and my crisis is with the Lord. Um, I remember reading, reading a story about um, that <laughs> they were doing this in a particular church and... and um, uh, the woman said, well, yeah, I've done this, I, I've, I've forgiven. And there are some people that I've, I've forgiven. Do you think I should go and tell them? And the, and the one person said yes, but she probably should have said no, because the first person she went to was the pastor. <laughs> Usually the pastor done something, haven't he? And she goes and uh, he knocks, she says to him, Pastor, I've forgiven you. He said, oh, well, he said, what for? And she lists all these things down. And he said, well, that's not what happened. And that's not, I, I didn't know it. And that's a, uh, see, if, if there's a controversy you think, you know, some, you've got with somebody, no, 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 you'd go to the Lord. 
and you release them. You release them. There may be an opportunity to, to, to make up with them, but there's no buts. You see, so, so often we, we, want, we want to f- be forgiven, but we always put a but in it. Uh, I, 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 um, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me, Jackie, for what I said? But you shouldn't have said that to me first, didn't we? Don't we say that? We, we, we've, got to, we've got to justify. No, no, no. With forgiveness, I forgive you. Forgive me. What I've done, sorry. End of story. If someone's done something to me, I've got a controversy with them, I'm going to the Lord. I'm not going to them. First, may have to go to them, but that's not my first protocol. My first protocol is to the Lord. And generally, the time I come from the Lord, I don't need to go and see them because it's been my fault. And uh, not judging them. But this is, the, this is the statement I read the other day. I really know when I have forgiven, when I pray and beg God, that God forgives them and releases them from any penalty or any punishment for the violation towards me. That's what Jesus did when he hung on the cross. That's powerful. That's powerful. Now, we'll come in the and we'll say, oh, is that fair? Look, look, the judge of the earth will do right. Don't forget that. Now, um, we must... Why do we forgive? Because the pain is ours. It's not theirs, is it? It's not theirs. It's like um, uh, the picture here is um, you're walking along the, the street and the guy is, is fishing and he, he throws his hook back and he catches you and, 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 and it's caught in your, in, in your, in your chops. And uh, it wasn't your fault. But it's no good saying, well, I'm keeping this family. No, no, you, the pain, you've got to take it out. You've got to take it out. See, we think by, by forgiving someone, we're letting them off the hook. But by not forgiving them, we stay hooked to the pain and the past. Because we are the one the hook is in. Isn't that amazing? Um, someone said, forgiveness is, is a bridge you will one day have to walk over yourself. I like that one. <laughs> uh, if you don't forgive, you, why? you're going to have to forgive because you're going to have to receive forgiveness. You're going to have to give it. Powerful. Well, let's look. What forgiveness isn't, or what it is. What is forgiveness? Well, first thing it is, it isn't forgetting, uh, in a sense that um, our brain is 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 in a, in a, in a made up that we can't forget. And in fact, sometimes it's a good thing we don't forget because sometimes we haven't we haven't actually squared it up. If we've done something to somebody, this great power of remembering comes up, doesn't it? Oh, Dave, I've done that. I said that. I shouldn't have done that. I need to go and square it up. Um, thankfully, the Bible says God chooses not to remember our sin. Bless the Lord. Um, Hebrews 10, 15 to 17. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them up on their minds. Then he has the sins and all the acts, I will remember no more. That's amazing, isn't it? God chooses to put it from the east as far as the west, put it in that ocean of forgetfulness, and what he's saying, I will not take your past and use it against you. That's what the devil does. You see, now he could, in one sense, he doesn't forget because he can't forget, but he chooses not to remember. He puts it aside and he will not use that. And the devil can come and, and uh, dig it up, but we, we can say, oh, whoa, 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 that's under the blood. Lord rebuke you, he said, didn't he? Lord rebuke you. This is what sometimes we do. I've forgiven. 
But when we come to an argument, us husbands and wives, what do we say? You know what you did two years ago, four, four, four months ago, three weeks ago, two hours ago, four seconds ago, five. We bring it up. You see, that is not forgiveness. And sadly, we can do that even without saying, can't we? With our actions and inactions, what we are saying in our mind is, they did that to me, I don't, don't expect anything from me, or I'll, I'll withhold, withdraw. What we do all these things, don't we? Uh, subconsciously, sometimes when we're in a heated argument, we, we, it'll come out, you did this, then, then, then. That's not forgiveness. That's not forgiveness. You can't, but you can't get rid of a hurt simply by trying to forget it. No, no, no. You've got to forgive it. You've got to forgive it. Now, forgiveness, of course, is not tolerating sin. God does not tolerate sin. Um, so, if, for example, if a, not, maybe not a young person, but someone who's a bit older now, um, has been abused, and uh, they have got to forgive their abuser. However difficult that is, they've got to forgive their abuser. Now, that does not stop them reporting that person to the legal authorities because they've broken the law. There's still a legal case to be, to be answered, isn't there? Um, because, number one, if they're in touch with kids again or with other people again, they could do it again. So that, that's not inconsistent with forgiveness, is it? You know, the, 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 the actual legality of something. Um, it was a lady, and uh, she would go to her mother's every week, take the kids along, but her, her and her mother had not a great relationship. She was a Christian, but her mother wasn't. And every time she went, her mother would abuse her and talk down to her. And this was causing a strain on her and her marriage and her kids. She came to a point and said, look, mum, she said, I love you. I'm praying for you. I forgive you. But I can't keep coming back and forth here if you keep doing this to me. It's going to destroy me. It's going to destroy my marriage. It's going to destroy my kids. So if this is going to keep happening, I, I, I'm not going to be able to come. See, again, that's not inconsistent in a sense with uh, forgiveness. We don't tolerate sin. The story uh, that chap was saying about a lady, she was, she was saved. She said her husband was saved. I wasn't so sure about that because uh, she, she rang and she said, look, my husband is continually going off and having affairs. He's a Christian. Yeah, well, if it's continual... Well, we'll leave that in the air. Maybe not. Um, you know, uh, but he's continual. And every time he comes back, I, I forgive him and receive him back. What should I do? He said, well, you've got to forgive him. There's no doubt about that. Got to forgive him. That's, that's between you and God and release. But he said, you know, if this is persistent, you've got to say to him, look, this happens once more. He said, you're not coming back in this house. And he, th he thought, oh, I don't know if I should have said that, he said. Because, you know, it's quite a difficult thing to say, isn't it, sometimes? But you know what? He met this couple. It was, he didn't actually meet them. Then he, he, she rang in, rang him. But a few years down the road, she met this couple. They were doing a marriage seminar, and he came to her. And he said, you know what? I thank you for telling my wife that. He said, that was a wake-up call I needed. Uh, up until then, I was taking the mick, he said. Until she said, no more. I forgive you, but sin, no more. We don't tolerate sin, but we have to forgive. doesn't matter what anyone said or done to us. We have to forgive. Now, we're not seeking revenge. Oh, oh, don't we? We want to get our own back. And that's a natural thing, isn't it? 
Don't we, we, we go over in our minds, are we going to get back on them? But when we were kids, we used to make up all these things. I'm going to get back on them this way and that way. Oh, dear, 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 dear. And we waste up so much energy and time. This is what God says. Again, thankfully, God gives us the antidote. Romans 12. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. That's great, isn't it? That's the end of it, isn't it, really? When the Lord says that. When you forgive, you think, oh, I'm letting that person off the hook. But, oh, you're actually letting off the hook. Yourself. I love the story about uh, one of the Spanish explorers. He was a soldier as well, and they called Navarez. As he was dying, they, they, they got the priest there and, um, uh, to give him the last rites. And the uh, first thing the priest said to him, he said, uh, have you forgiven all your enemies, Navarez? He said, uh, I've, got, I've, I've got none, he said. I've shot them all. And um, that may be sometimes uh, what we like. Uh, one person said to John Wesley, I never, I'll never forgive and I'll never forget. Then John Wesley said to him, he said, I hope we never sin then. Hope we never sin. Where is the justice? You say, Dave, if I leave them off the hook, if I don't get revenge, where is the justice? Well, thankfully, the justice is in the cross, isn't it? The justice in the cross where Jesus, God demanded justice. Jesus paid for justice in full. See, and when we come to the cross, when we ask for forgiveness, it's wiped clean. But, if not, we will all face judgment. And you remember that there's nothing swept under the carpet with God, is there? If it is not confessed, it will be brought to the open. God will settle every account one day. See, when we choose to forgive, we're acting by a step of faith. What? To trust, to trust God that he, the righteous judge, will make everything right in the end by demanding full payment for everything done. That's amazing. Uh, you can go back right back to the Genesis 18, uh, where Abraham is talking about um, Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said, will not the judge of the Lord of all the earth do right? We often get caught up in questions. What about this person who never heard and people who've never heard the gospel and all that kind of thing? And we get caught up in that. But don't forget, the judge of the earth will always do right. He will always do right. And uh, so often we're holding on, holding on. And we so often say, it isn't fair. Well, maybe so. But so often we have to resolve as well to live the consequences of another sin. I know that's not fair. But remember, we're all living under the consequences of Adam's sin, aren't we? Every one of us. Um, and so Jesus himself took on the sin of the whole world. And uh, he's our example. On that, on that cross. Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. That's amazing, isn't it? That's powerful. You see, every one of us will be living with the consequences of someone else's sin sometimes, what they've done, what they've said, and uh, what we've done to others as well. But we choose to either live in the bondage of bitterness or in the freedom of forgiveness the freedom of forgiveness um there's that lovely story in the old testament where again the, the 
children of Israel are up and down. That's that we talked about our feelings, and and our, our life should never really be up and down. It should be pretty consistent and constant. The trouble is when we're up and down is is one minute there's victory. They just come out of a great victory. Next minute they come to this pool uh, of water and it's bitter. And they go, and they're mourning and groaning. So, because their life is so, uh, that, that massive, you know, ups and downs. Whereas, you know, Lord, Lord, we're, we're, we're constant, we're constant. Lord, whatever you do for me, what do we say on Sunday? Uh, the covenant prayer, John Wesley. Lord, put me to, put me to, give me plenty, give me nothing. Send me you, send me nowhere. I, I'll be somebody, I'll be some, I'll be no, nobody. See, whatever God gives us, Paul said, I've learned to be content in whatever I have. That's what he learned. That's an interesting. He learned to be content because he knew whatever God came across his path was from the Lord. Bondage. So there's um, our choice. Freedom of bitterness. Forgiveness, forgiveness is to set the captive free when we realize we are the captive. Amen. <laughs> this is an issue between you and God. He commands you to forgive because he loves you. He knows the bitterness will defile you. Listen to this now. It will defile you. It will defile others. And cause us to miss out on the abundant life. So in that, in that picture of Exodus 15, the cure, the cure was what? He said, see that, that piece of wood? Throw it in. It's a great picture of the cross, isn't it? The cure for bitterness is always the cross. Not just visiting the cross. The, the wood had to be absorbed. Remember the, what the Bible says? The wood went into the bitter, bitter pool and sank into the pool. It's a great picture of not just going, but actually uh, full, fully receiving the benefits and the power of the cross and what is received. And the, and the bitter, bitterness became whole, became sweet. And uh, he goes on to say, I'm the Lord that heals. Hebrews says this, now make sure, make sure that none of you fall short and there's a root of bitterness that will defile many. We've got to really go back and um, primarily, I suppose, this is not really, uh, to a certain extent, not really about right and wrong. It's clearing out the rubbish in our life and leaving it at the cross. It's for your sake and that's precious little to do with the person who hurt you. Listen to that now. It's for your sake, not for the person who's hurt you. Oh, it's about them. No, it isn't. It's about you and your walk with the Lord and releasing. So you can walk in fullness and clarity. So you see things clearly. You see people differently. If you're cloudy with bitterness and unforgiveness, you see people differently. They say something and you jump on them. Why? Because you're living in unforgiveness. You're still hurt. Hurt people, as we say often say, hurt people, hurt people. And that's so clear. Once we're forgiven, we see clearly. See differently. And when we, someone does something, we say, wait a minute, what, what was, what was happening there? That we don't jump on it because we're seeing a little bit more with clarity, like as Jesus sees. As we finish, um, they, um, they just, uh, ask us to pray and just, just to rest in the Lord, just a moment. Um, use the prayer. Let's just pray a moment. Lord, we thank you for your, power of forgiveness. Lord, this is a prayer. Lord, Lord, please, will you show us? Show us, is there someone or something we need to forgive in order to walk in freedom that you have purchased for us? You're one for us. Lord, please show us tonight. Please reveal it to us. And we will be honest and open before you.
As soon as we prayed that, instances, people have come to our thinking, our memory. We need to go back to the prayer just earlier on. Name them, say what they've done, say how it made us feel, and then give it to the Lord. And in fact, keep praying, as uh, R.T. Kendall said, keep praying until you know God's blessing on that person. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.